You're listening to a podcast from Heart. My name is Phil McCarthy. I'm uh, an interventional cardiologist at King's College Hospital, and um, pleased to have with me here uh, Professor Alec Vagnon from, yes. from France, who is really the world expert on valve disease and particularly mitral valve disease. Uh, we've uh, just finished our excellent session. Um, on mitral valve regurgitation, which I think is probably the most difficult valve lesion to assess. I'm uh, honoured to be able to ask Alec uh, his opinions. First of all, on the session, how how did you find that session that uh, we've just had? I really appreciate it. Uh, You said as a conclusion remark that there are more questions than answers, and I answered that uh, the speaker did a very good job because they provided us with as many answers as possible in this difficult domain. Mm. We we started off with a very elegant um, description of mitral valve anatomy and lots of fantastic pictures, 3D echo. And and I wonder what we did before 3D Echo, because everyone shows 3D Echo now and everyone is amazed by these pictures. How, how did we manage before 3D Echo? Well, I think we saw nice images, but uh, the music of this song was good, but the words were also very good. And the, the speaker, she very nicely stated that when assessing patient with AMR by echo, we should look at severity, we should look also at anatomy and at etiology mechanism of the AMR, and we have to integrate all these findings to uh, take a decision. Do you think that the surgeons take any notice of us when we tell them all of these things about the the mitral valve 3D findings, or they just say we're going to repair it anyway or replace it anyway? I think to do a good repair, you need a good team. And you need a surgeon who relies on the echo person, and then an echo person who goes to the OR and checks the results afterward, and you learn from each other. One of the things that confuses me about mitral regurgitation is the nomenclature. Mm. So the definitions... And and we have degenerative, we have uh, prolapse, we have functional, we have ischemic, we have organic. In, if you were to, to categorize mitral regurgitation for uh, a very thick person like myself, what, what would you? How would you categorize it? The most simple way. I'm I'm afraid I feel that you get even more confused when the new ESC guideline will come because we are using another nomenclature. No, I think you are right. We have to separate firstly the primary, the organic, from the secondary, the functional. Mm. That's very important. Within the organic, probably we have to separate the flail from the others. Mm. And within the secondary, we have probably also to separate the ischemic from the rest. And if we do like that, I think that we are able to to do a good job. Now, we we heard uh, Neil talk about different ways to intervene upon the valve. Um, Intervention for functional regurgitation is controversial because, to my knowledge, no one has really shown that um, removing functional mitral regurgitation uh, in the setting of a poor contractile function actually does any good and improves punk function overall what, what's your view on that are we are we just in the dark or do we know something about removing functional mitral regurgitation we're in the fog we're <laughs> not in london but we're in the fog i agree with you uh, functional mr is a disease of ventricle and the valve is normal so that's the issue and we have to know who is the chicken with the egg in point of fact, if you have a patient with severe AMR uh, who requires bypass surgery, I think there is no problem. 
We have to go and mm. fix the mitral valve. Mm. If you have a patient with moderate, we need cabbage. Here we are starting to enter into the problem. Uh, we, de- we do recommend to perform, to consider surgery, and probably in this group of patients doing some exercise could help. Because mm. if you have a patient who requires bypass surgery, whether so-called moderate, but if you exercise a patient, pulmonary pressure goes up, symptoms do appear, MR increases, probably you'll have to fix this MR. But uh, for the patient with very poor, left ventricular ejection fraction, who do not require uh, cabbage. We are in the, really in the dark, and we have to take into account the patient, the comorbidity, mm-hmm. the feasibility of repair, etc., etc. And then to discuss as a heart team, shall we go for mitral valve replacement? Shall we go for mitraclip, which is an option? Or shall we go for LVAD or uh, mm-hmm. another um, treatment? Of course, after medical therapy. That takes us nicely on to percutaneous options, which have, has, of course, stimulated this whole field, this, uh, this chance that we can do things percutaneously. And the mitra clip is where we've started from, for better or for worse. Uh, and that really is taps into what we've been discussing, because the mitra clip treats uh, often patients with functional mitral regurgitation and a poor ventricle. Uh, what, what's your view of the role of the mitra clip? Where, where do you think it sits in, in our options, you said certainly it's an option. Who do you like to put forward for a mitroclip uh, treatment? Well, uh, I should say that it's a very difficult question because we have the evidence from the randomized trial in one patient population, mostly organic, and we have the observational data mostly in the functional. Mm. So we are just taking the middle with, mm. let's say, uh, limited evidence. So we have to um, go through. I think that the microclip in organic has probably, has, let's say, a potential role in patients who have severe MR, severe symptoms, and for whom the team says the risk is extremely high. Uh, we don't want to operate mm. on this patient. That's a, probably, a, well, we don't know if it's limited. That's a group mm. of patients. For the functional Probably the functional were also not bypassable, uh, not uh, repairable, uh, nicely repairable. Uh, those with uh, LV, which is not dead but not good, could be potential candidate. But mm. here we do need a trial. Mm. And this trial will start. This trial will start in Europe. It will be the reshaped trial. I don't know if uh, the UK and France will be part of it because we are poor guys. But <laughs> for sure, Germany, Switzerland, Italy will be there. It will be a randomized comparison in patients uh, who are refractory to medical therapy with functional MR, LV dysfunction, and severe symptoms. And this patient will be randomized between metraclip and the optimal medical management. Mm. And on the other side of the ocean, the co-op trial will also try to answer this question. I think that's uh, the only way to, to move forward. So, so that's uh, extremely exciting. Mm. And, and mm. I guess that's not going to report for some years. Mm. If you were the chief executive of a big multinational mm. organization mm. With, with millions of dollars to spend, uh, you were sitting there with your team, where would you invest in terms of percutaneous mitral valve interventions. They talk about their Mm. pipelines. They Mm. like to talk Mm. to us about their pipelines. Where would you think that percutaneous treatments are are going? Coronary sinus devices, Mm. total mitral valve Mm. repair? What's your feel for? Uh, I think that if I had a million of dollars, which is not the case for (laughs) an average Frenchman, you know, uh, I'll first sit with surgeons 
and with a clinical cardiologist with knowledge in valve disease and listen to them. And these people will tell you one recipe does not fit all in the field of mitral mm. regurg. Mm. That is a big mistake which was done up to now. So we have to consider combining different devices, which is difficult with the regulation because you cannot test two devices mm. at the same time. But surgeons do not go with one recipes. They go with several. Mm -hmm. So that's the way to go. And there are a couple of startups, a couple of companies who are already moving this way. And I think that's a good way. Uh, there are very interesting uh, experiments, even in man now, on uh, direct anuloplasty. Mm -hmm. Can be done, has, has been done in humans, mm -hmm. surgically. Uh, you have very interesting attempts in coronal replacement, has been done also in human surgically, but can be done uh, transeptally mm -hmm. in the near future. Mm -hmm. And of course, of course, everybody is expecting the first in man in valve replacement. So I think with a direct anuloplasty caudal replacement, you can do a good palliation, expect a good palliation, and probably with a valve replacement, if it works, you'll be able to somewhat reproduce what surgeons are doing. Of course, mitractip has a role in the, the palliative uh, measures. Mitractip mm. plus and alloplasty could, could mm. be interesting. Mm. That's excellent. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for this session this morning. Thank you very much for, for that uh, insight. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. For more information about this program and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.